Are you ready for to be fed spiritually this morning? Yes? Yes. Okay. Anybody needs a quick break, bathroom break, or you're, you're good? We're good. We're good. We're good to go. So we're doing uh, Ecclesia 365, being a church every day of the year. Uh, and this is the fifth in the series. Right? So I was preparing the sermon, and um, um, I was driving. When I drive, I prepare a lot, and thinking about the scripture and the body of work that's been put on from the beginning of the week. So as I was driving to coming back from my workout uh, from YMCA, uh, and I'm thinking about the sermon, uh, it's, on, it's on commitment. So I've been thinking and praying, and I saw this car coming in front of me. Uh, it's far, so you don't see the license plate, you know. So that's good. But on the license plate, it says, I gave up, you know. I'm like, oh, that's the first time I saw on a license plate, I gave up. And I quickly took out my phone and, okay, I'm going to get near and get this picture of the license plate. But it was too far and there was no traffic stop, so I couldn't get it. But I took a quick snap. And that made me think, how many of, how many of us have given up in our lives? How many of us easily give up in our life? Uh, this week has been eventful because I've been praying on commitment and working on commitment myself, personal commitment. So yesterday, my son uh, went out for a run, it, it's ra- and it was raining. Uh, and uh, he came through the back door and sat down on uh, the chair and said, Dad. No, then, then I know, right? That that call means something. It means my son needs help. I just know the tone that he used when he calls my name, that he's excited, he's help, he needs help, that this is alarming, and this one was like not a good dad. And I, I look at him and said, uh, it happened again, right? So he fell. And he popped his ACL. So uh, he's in recovery for eight months now. And we're looking forward for him. You know, after a year, this will be great. It, so he will have to do surgery. And the recovery, you're looking at till 2021. Right? So uh, what was my first reaction to that? Because I'm preparing on commitment. And I'm, I'm praying to God. I didn't say anything. I just sat there for a long time. And I prayed. I read the scripture. Um, and we pray in our family. Because we pray every evening. And we pray to God. And we said to Ray, we don't know why this is happening. But there must be a reason. And we have to find that reason. If there is. If not, we have to trust the Lord that He's in control of our life. Just like... You remember when we first came here, we talked to you about, oh, we couldn't go to China. We lost all the money to go to China. But now we know why we couldn't get in there. See? God protected us and prevented us from going into something that may be dangerous for us. And we were sharing that to Ray. So then, we have to commit to trust and follow God even when things are not working in our life. 
Right? So I want to talk about commitment. Are you with me? Yeah. So it says here, Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their own necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of Gentiles, of the Gentiles. This is commitment. Okay? This is commitment. And we're going to talk, we're going to preach from Acts chapter 18. But I'm bringing it out that Paul wrote a letter to the, to the a church in Rome, which he mentioned Priscilla and Aquila. And I want to talk about commitment here. So we are in Acts 18. So what is commitment then? What is commitment? Let me give you a, a definition that, could, that can help you understand what commitment is. So you have heard from Pastor Jonathan uh, that uh, sign up for Go 101. So, commitment is your intention to sign up for Go 101. And then, actually signing up to go to 101. And then, actually attending the event Go 101. That is commitment. That's the definition of commitment. Okay? Are you with me? Yeah. So, you... You have an intention to sign up for something in your life, and then you actually sign up for it, and then you actually complete it. That is commitment. So being a church, being a church every day without commitment is impossible. Being a church every day, being a follower of Jesus Christ every day without commitment is impossible. Because it is commitment that allows you to fulfill your intentions. When your intentions are brought to completions, that is commitment. Right? Okay? And so we want to talk about this in Acts 18. In Acts 18, he found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to depart from Rome, and he came to them. Okay, let's, so let's, let's talk about that. Now, Paul's intention, Paul's intention was to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. Right? Intention. So what did he do? He went to Corinth. It was his intention to reach out to the Gentiles, so he went to Corinth. Now what did he do? He came to them. Who came to them? Paul came to Priscilla and Aquila because he wanted to ask them to sign up with him. Right? Now, so because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them. So when he went to Priscilla and Aquila and said, this is my intention. I want to share the good news to the Gentiles. So I am coming to you. Will you help me? Will you help me join in this uh, venture of the gospel? And they probably have said, yes. We will join with you in working this out. So what did they do? They opened up their home for Paul to stay in their house. See, Paul is a stranger in a new place, and here is a couple 
that is staying there that owns a house and say, yeah, we believe in this venture and we are going to open up our house and we will let you stay. So he stayed with them. Now he signed up. He had the intention to sign up to preach the gospel. He signed up for it. He stayed there in Corinth. What is happening? He reasoned to the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded both Jews and Greeks. That is completion of the intentions there. You got it, right? How does this apply in our life? So, um, non-ministry stuff, let's say. So, my intention is to give priority to my wife and to my kids. Okay? That is my intention. Um, because, I, because I'm married. I have a wife. I have children. Now, in the first year of marriage, this intention that I have to spend time with my wife and my kids was not very successful because I went on a mission trip for a month, three weeks actually, and left my wife alone with my kid. Okay? And both of us were full-time students in the seminary. Uh, so when I was there, the mission trip was great. It was awesome. We took like eight pastors from here to go and train uh, 230 churches, pastors, and leaders. So the conference was great. There were thousands of people that came. Hundreds of people were saved, you know, uh, but I wasn't happy. And I said to myself, I'm never going to do this again. Right? I will never go on a mission trip on my own. Wherever I go, whenever it is possible, it will be and my wife that will go together. Right? That's what I decided in the first year of marriage. Because my intention was to give priority to my wife and kids. So what did I do? So my intention, I signed up for it. How did I sign up for it? The next time, when I got a lot of invitation... See, I, had, I was young. You must know that I've been in the ministry. And when you're young and pastors and when large conference speaking opportunity comes, what do you do? You jump for it, right? You want to be in there. Well, I had the courage to say no. We had the courage to say no to those things. Right? Now, I sign up for it. I had intention. I sign up for it. What? How did the intention, how was it completed then? I had more time with my wife. I had more time to spend with my kids. So in this 20 years of marriage, do I regret turning down all those big speaking opportunities and spending time with my wife and kids? No. Not at all. I would do it again. Right? I would choose that over those things. Those things may be important, but they're not as important as my wife and my kids. Right? So when I turned 50 last week, this is my reflection. I look back at my life and said, I don't regret spending time with my wife, spending time with her. We have not missed important milestones in our kids' life, my wife and I, because we had the courage to say no. Why? Because we are committed to one another and we are committed to our kids. Right? Good? That's commitment. So we talk about ministry, we talk about personal life. So, here. 
He came to them. Right? He came to them. And then he stayed with them. And then he preached the gospel. Okay? You see the you see the following through. You don't give up. Because things are hard in your life. You go, you don't give up because there is opposition. What did I say? You, your passion, your super excitement, your super passion, your super excitement is going to meet opposition. It's going to meet persecution. It is then your character is tested. The measure of you as a man and woman of God is not when you stand in times of convenience. It is in times of controversy and challenge. That defines who you are. So when people are afraid and scared of the viruses that are happening out there, as people of God, that has the discerning spirit and wisdom from God, how do you become people of hope in this dark and dreary time and give a word of hope to those who are scared and afraid? Aren't you set apart for that? How do you commit to the good news? How do you commit to be the salt and light in this time? Do we flow with the tides of the world? Do we fear together? Do we be afraid together? Then we are not set apart. We are not people of hope. We are not people of power. We are not people of love. As you watch the news and read the social media, keep your eyes on God and read the Bible. And the words that come out of your mouth, let it be edifying. Let it be Knowledgeable, let it be wise that the hearer will be edified. That the hearer will be edified. See, Jesus is asking for total commitment. Right? Yes. Uh, and I want to talk about contribution and involvement. Discipleship is not contribution. Discipleship is not involvement, although it is very good. Okay? So look at this. Um, I mean, you know, you know the, the chicken and the pig story, right? I don't need to tell. No? Oh, I have to tell? Okay, all right. Well, I thought everybody knew, so. I mean, how many of you had breakfast before you came here? Yeah, right. How many of you had eggs and bacon? No, none of you had. See, one of the things that I thank the chicken and the pigs is that they gave us great breakfast for all humanity, right? I mean, don't you love it? So the conversation is um, the chicken and the pig, right? The chicken is saying, oh, we, get, we gave great breakfast to humanity. I am so excited, right? For the pig, yeah, me too, but you, you contribute to it. I gave my all. <laughs> Are you getting it? I'm glad you laughed. Because discipleship is not contribution. Right? Are you a Christian? <laughs> or you laugh and... <laughs> people laugh and snort, right? <sighs> I, I'm not going to call you pigs. I mean... That will be so wrong. I will lose my job. The thing, but I'm talking about commitment. The ham costs everything. 
The bacon costs everything. The egg is just a contribution. When you follow the Lord Jesus Christ, He is asking for more than involvement and contribution. He is asking for total. Thank you, Jim. Right? So, so then, in Christian life, I wasn't going to dwell a lot more, uh, a lot, uh, a lot on it. But uh, anyway, here, the cross is a commitment. Jesus gave his life, right? But the tomb that Joseph of Arimathea donated to Jesus for his barrier, that's a contribution. See? So it's important when we have commitment because commitment defines our goals, our processes, and our outcomes. Okay? It's important to com- because commitment defines our goals, our processes, and outcomes. Let me explain this a little bit then. Okay. Um, so let's look at Paul. Let's look at Paul. Paul wants to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. And this caused a lot of conflict between whom? Him and Barnabas. See, and in Antioch, the dissension was not small. It was a big, big dissension. And they split and they parted ways because of difference of opinion in discipleship. But still, Paul is going uh, to Corinth and they, they went different routes. This must have been a difficult time for him because Barnabas has been his best mentor. He vouched for him. When nobody wanted Paul, it was Barnabas that wanted Paul to preach the gospel. He even called Paul back after he saw the Holy Spirit come upon the Gentile church. And you see that in Jerusalem, uh, conflict. After all those things have happened, Barnabas called Paul to come back to Antioch because Barnabas knew that Paul had more potential than him. That Paul can grow the church. So he wasn't jealous. He called him back. And now there's a big fight. And they split. But he went on. This is not an easy road. You would be thinking almost every day if you had a fight with your best friend, your husband, or your wife. And you, have your, you broke up your relationship with somebody you love. But he is there. And then he found Priscilla and Aquila. And then they worked together because they were tent makers. And Priscilla and Aquila worked with him and gave financial support to do the work. So what is the goal? To preach to the Gentile. What is the process? What are the processes? They worked together in order to fulfill the goal. They worked together. They built tents. They sold the tent, used that money so they can support themselves. And what was the outcome? Many churches were planted. How many? Paul planted above 20 churches. Just imagine. One person. Whole of Asia. The Gentile churches. 20 churches he planted. Who helped them? Priscilla and Aquila. Let's come to Priscilla and Aquila in the process. Now, um, it was Paul's goal to raise up, reproduce more leaders. Okay? Because you know Paul's pattern. 
from the first missionary journey, because this is the second missionary journey. From in the first missionary journey, when they went to the church, what did they do? He set a local leader to take care of the congregation. So we know the pattern of Paul that he reproduces leaders. So his goal is to reproduce leaders. So what did he do? Look at this. Look at, let me look, uh, uh, let me give you the scripture here. And uh, um, when, when, when he was going to leave Corinth and he sailed to Syria to go to Ephesus, who packed up their bags and came with Paul? It was Priscilla and Aquila. They packed up their bags and came. Uh, and uh, there they met uh, this guy named Apollos. Fervent in spirit, eloquent speaker. And when, when they came to Ephesus, what did Paul do? Paul left them in Ephesus and he sailed on. So when this thing came, when this guy came, the preacher, the evangelist, well respected, well known people came and preached in Ephesus, he didn't know the baptism of Christ. So what did Priscilla and Aquila do? They called him quietly, let them come to the house, and explain to him the baptism of Christ, God, and the Holy Spirit. What was Paul's goal? To reproduce leader. What was the process? He took them and left them in Ephesus. What was the outcome? They were able to disciple Apollos. Are you getting it? See, commitment defines the goal, the processes, and the outcomes. So when you're not committed, you're everywhere. So when you find yourself needing to be everywhere, you may not be going anywhere. Okay? So I'm, I turned 50, so I told my wife, and I said, honey, um, I want to pray. I want to fast and pray. Um, when I turned 40, it was pretty important for me 40, you know, 40 years in biblical term, 40 is a big number. So I fasted and prayed for 40 days. And my wife said, uh, I'll join with you and fast and pray with you. And this time, starting March the 1st, uh, after the dinner, right? Um, I said, I'm going to fast and pray till April the 12th. I want to fast and pray. And she started saying, okay, then... You know, we'll do this. No, no, no. I'm not asking you to fast and pray with me. I just want to fast and pray. Why? Because I want clarity in my life. I want to hear what God wants me to do for the next season in my life. And she said, I will join you. So we shared to our kids and said, Dad's going to fast and pray. And, and they were like, oh, we have to do this again. And, uh, and uh, I said to the kids, no, not you guys, just me. Right? So this is my second week. I'm not fasting from everything. But I'm fasting from all the good stuff, like meat, right? Rice, carp, sweets, no problem, right? Um, and because I want to follow the Lord. I'm signing up to fast and pray. And why am I sharing this? Not to, I'm not sharing this so that, oh, pastor is spiritual. I'm sharing for accountability. I'm sharing to my church that I'm accountable to you. That you say, pastor, you said you'll fast and pray. 
But what are you doing? Your attitude, your action is not matching your goal. So I'm trying my best to hear from the Lord. Has this been challenging? Has this been a blessing? Yes. Because the first week, I had a dream day before yesterday, right? And I've shared this to the power up and the stuff. God, you know, it came a, a white blank sheet and say, read Second Timothy. And I heard like Second Thessalonians. No, 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 Second Timothy. And I said, okay, Second Timothy what? Chapter 1, chapter 2. No, Second Timothy. So I'm reading Second Timothy, the whole chapter. You know, where am I? I'm not done yet because I was stuck at chapter 1, just reading. But when I came to uh, chapter 3, like yesterday as I was reading it, it talks about that in these days men will become lovers of themselves. Right? You will love yourself so much that you will not care for anybody. And that, that hit me. Wow. If I love myself so much, I will leave my wife and kids behind all the time. You know? It's not going to align with my priority. See? And I'm turning 50. I mean, I'm getting hotter every day. I mean, I've got to watch out, you know? <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the mind, the flesh, the attack that come to you mentally, physically, it, it's not by age. You may be 80, 90, you may be 15, 20. Temptation comes to you. And if you're not rooted in the Word of God and prayer and following the Lord, holiness is not an event. That's what we talk about on Thursday. Holiness is not an event. You can't have an event for holiness. We cannot be like an event-based church that doesn't reproduce holiness, faithfulness, character of God. You can't plan for that because forgiveness doesn't come with an event. The blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses us, that washes us, requires us to be holy and to be set apart. So when I ask you to say, discipleship is commitment, I'm not asking you to involve. I'm not asking for involvement. I'm asking you to commit. Commit to the church of Christ. Why? Why? Because Christ gave his life for the church. He paid with his life. Right? So you are thinking, oh, I'm pretty involved in life groups. I'm a volunteer sometimes in two, three months. You know, I'm a leader sometimes. I'm, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. I'm involved. No, no, no. That's not what we are asking for. Christianity is about responsibility. You have been made comfortable. We have been made comfortable by people saying, Oh, we want to be anonymous. We just want to come in quietly and go, Don't let people raise their hand. Don't let people stand up. I understand. We don't want to embarrass and make people uncomfortable. But that doesn't mean that we're pushing people not to be known. That we're, we're not pushing that we shouldn't do life together. That we don't know what's happening in other people's life. Then many people will fall through the cracks in the church. It's because we're okay with contribution. If they contribute to the 
to the community park, we are happy. If they contribute to the snacks after Sunday, we are happy. If they give in their tithes and offerings sometimes, we are happy. That's a contribution, my friends. So when your life messed up, when your life is messed up, and you say, my life is a mess, it's because you treat Jesus like a handout. You know, you treat Jesus like a handout. We expect handouts from our discipleship. And this is uncomfortable because we have been taught about, you know, don't, don't be on the face of people. I'm not trying to get on your face. But I'm talking about the reality of the cross. The reality of the cross calls for contribution that we need to deny ourselves, pick up our cross, and follow Lord Jesus Christ every day, 365 days. Being a church every day calls for commitment. Without commitment, it is impossible to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Do we agree on that? Did I cross the line? It's hard to be a pig. I know, bacon is nice, ham is good. But it costs a pig's life. And we have fewer people that give everything to the church. We're calling for, we're calling for the chicken Christians to become more like a ham Christian, right? I mean, calling for it. So, we're going to go into worship, okay? And this is the challenge that I want to give you uh, today. Invest everything in a season. Okay? Do one thing well. Invest everything in it in this season. And see what the Lord will do. Don't invest everything on one thing. uh, On so many things. Invest in one thing. Give all of it to you in this new season. And let God fulfill what he has called you. Remember, commitment defines the goals, the processes, and the outcomes. And without commitment, it is impossible to follow the Lord. Your dream may be, I'm going to play for a premier club. Well, that's not going to happen for my son. Soon, right? So you have a dream of playing for a premier club. But if you're not practicing, if you're not training, or even touching a soccer ball at all, the likelihood of you becoming a soccer star is a fantasy. A spiritual life without a spiritual discipline is a fantasy. And we God calls for commitment. George, Malava, can you please come here? George and Malava. Priscilla and Dylan, can you please come up here? Yes. Uh, Elizabeth is here. Elizabeth, can you please come up? Yes. And Pam, can you also come? Pam. Did, is your mom not well today? Yes. Um, and... Uh, is uh, Marie here? Anne Marie? She's not here. Right. One, two, three, four, five. I need one more towel is on my table, right? Here. We're going to worship. I want to set up for worship. The offering plates are in different stations. 
And our worship, our fantastic, amazing worship leader is going to lead us in worship. When we worship, go out to these different stations and put in your offering. You will also have a connect card. You will have a connect card. If you want to give your life to Christ, you need prayer, you want whatever reason, you write it down and put it in the offering plate. We'll do that for you. And this is how we're going to worship. His name is Dylan. His name is Dylan. He's been coming to church because he was in love with Priscilla. Okay? And uh, not he didn't want to come to church to come to church because he didn't want to do anything with church and religion. So when I said, Dylan, I want to pray for you. He said, why? why? Why do you need to pray for me? Right? But he came because he loved his wife. He came and I shared about and he said, Pastor, I don't want to do anything with religion and church. I understand. I don't want to. Right? But I want the abundant life that Christ offers to me. And these are the processes. If we do this, then we can have abundant life that Christ promised. And his eyes perked up and said, oh, that, I, I, can, I, I can do that. Right? And he came out here and he said, when he sat here that morning, he understood everything. That was preached from the gospel, from the church for the first time. He gave his life to Christ, right? Yes. He was baptized on Friday, right? Got married on Saturday. Yes. They're married, right? And this is Priscilla. She's from Brazil. She came here. She brought joy to us. Come uh, and uh, the next one is George. This is George. When I prayed for him, I remember the righteousness of Joseph. He's from Russia. He can't come to church every Sunday because he works on weekend. But this is a man of God. And this is his wife. They got married in January. So February, January, right? Yeah. And you saw, you saw them getting baptized here. Where can we pray for them? We can pray that they can start their school here when they're here. That God will open doors for them. So George, Malava, Russian couple. Malava is very shy. She can't speak English properly. Don't let the language barrier become a barrier for doing life together church. Right? That should not happen in this church. That should not happen. I forbid that that will happen in this church. We have to love everyone, regardless of their language, their race, where they come from. We love you guys, right? And this is Elizabeth. Look, I mean, I'm 50. I don't know her age, but she looks younger than me. Look at this, right? Because she loves the Lord. She loves the Lord. She packs all these shoes and Christmas gifts, 800, 900 boxes, and ships all over the world. Right? She has a big heart. And she's joining the church. And your eyes look great. <laughs> and Pam, Pam is a young girl. She came with her mom. Pam didn't go to church for a while. And she listened to our online sermon four or five times at least before she came to church and said, you know, I can tolerate this guy. 
and before she wouldn't go to church. But now she told me that she is the one waking up her mom to say, Mom, let's go to church. Let's go to church. You said that, right? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't make that up, right? Yeah. So, Filipino descent, American, Russian, Brazil, American from Sacramento. <laughs> Pastor and his wife via Nagaland and Midwest, we're here. God's doing amazing stuff. How can we not worship God? Right? We're going to give right hand of fellowship. It's called Here to Serve. We welcome you, Dylan. All right, we welcome you, Priscilla. We welcome you, George. Uh, we welcome you, Malava. We welcome you, Elizabeth and uh, Pam. And since we are not, I am giving a right hand of fellowship in our own way today, okay? Because we are church of all nations. So where I come from, we greet people and bow to people with respect. And I welcome you to our church and give you the right hand of fellowship, okay? The Lord also did amazing thing last Sunday. There is a lady called Kathy Dillon sitting over there. She gave her life to Christ. And she is going to get baptized on April 19th. And yes, sir, I am praying for you also. That calls for worship. We're going to stand together. Let me pray for you. And after this prayer, as we sing the song, you can bring your prayer requests, bring your offering in different stations where and give your offering. Let us pray. Before the foundation of the world, You have chosen us, God. Before there was a start of time, you were there already. You knew us already, Lord. And you spoke into the darkness and you said, let there be light. And there was light. We are people of light. And during this dark time, help us to be light out there in Santa Clara, in Silicon Valley. We are the soul. Help us to give hope in a place where there is fear. Lord, you can do that in our heart today. Holy Spirit, fall on us. We welcome all these wonderful people today to our church. We want to worship you. If there's anyone that wants to give their life to Christ, we'll be happy to pray for you as we come to the well in front or talk to any of the leaders at the back. Holy Spirit, we want to worship you. We pray this in Jesus' name. And the people of God say, Amen. 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 Amen.